Amen, amen. Come on, you can grab a seat today. Thank you, worship team, so much. We're starting a new series today. Thank you, Brian. We're starting a new series today called The Holy Spirit Is. The Holy Spirit Is. We just came out of a series on Jesus. Jesus is. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I hope you enjoyed that series. I hope it's more than just a series. I hope it's something that actually will impact your life. Um, I know it impacted ours as a preaching team. Um, but we're talking about the Holy Spirit is. And what we're believing for is, when I say the Holy Spirit, depending on your background in church, that is either a positive experience, a negative experience, or you have no experience. And this is the, the sentence that's been going through our hearts about this series. That there would be an introduction to the Holy Spirit or a reintroduction to the Holy Spirit. For me, I need a reintroduction. I've been introduced to him. I'm so thankful for his presence in my life. But I'm reminded I need a reintroduction. Here's what you need to know. For the next four weeks as we do this series, we have made room in the schedule in our service. We've juggled things that we are going to open the altars for a response time at the end. Now you've been coming over for a while. That's not really our culture. Our heart is not just to make people move out of their seats. Our goal is not to make some sort of display. But I've realized that usually what happens in the physical happens in the spiritual. And our moments in our lives when we preach, we are an evangelical church. And what does that mean? We believe that when the word is preached, it demands a response. Repentance, confession, giving, forgiving. Grace. There has to be a response. That's what separates this from teaching. Teaching is that's great information. Preaching is you have motivated me to actually stand and make a move. I don't know about you, but we believe in the preaching of the word of God. And we're going to make moments at the end of this service in the next four weeks to actually make room for you to respond, not to, to me or to a worship team, but to step out and put a demand on God's spirit for him to come in and help your life. Some of you, that will be a stretch. Some of you, it'll be a stretch. Some of you, you've been longing for that. But I know this, God meets us at the place of hunger. And I know what we have is not enough. If it was enough, there wouldn't be the mental health struggles, there wouldn't be the cultural struggles, there wouldn't be the, the, the lack of faith that sometimes I struggle with, and I know you do too. I know this, God is so good. Can someone say amen? And he wants to meet us here. Trust us as a leadership team. But I believe there's a space today that God wants us to have a chance to lean into what God wants to do. Your life won't be the same. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible today, will you turn to Matthew chapter 3? Matthew chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible today, you need to know we have free Bibles in the lobby that we, um, we bought with your money. So you can just take it, grab it. Um, I want you to know this. We're excited about this. Our church is growing with um, the international community. We're so thankful. We do have now some Spanish Bibles out there for those that need that. Um, and also some Korean Bibles. Um, so I know there's more languages than that here. But if that would help you, if that would bless you, if you would like a Bible, if that is your language, your, your, your native language, we have Korean Bibles and we have um, Spanish Bibles out at the table, so you, and, and there's also English. There's no new fee yet. We're working on that one. Um, but uh, just know that that's there, and we would love for you to have that. Matthew chapter 3, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. If you're there, say, hey. The rest of you are lying. You're just waiting for the screen behind me, aren't you? I can just tell. I'm going to read a few verses here. Very powerful passage, uh, which I've read many times, but I believe God wants to speak some new truth to us as he encourages us. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. 
Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. If you haven't been baptized, we're going to have baptisms in June, I believe it is. A chance to follow Jesus uh, in obedience with baptism. Jesus here was going to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He's like, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. Why are you coming to me? Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out what God requires. That's a line right there. If you're looking for something to underline in your Bible, or if you're looking for something to put on your wall, something to write on your mirror, it must carry out all that God requires. That's a word. So John agreed to baptize him. After the baptism, Jesus came up from the water, and the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Another version says, In whom I am well pleased. Jumping right into chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. If you have an old school Bible that you can underline, if you have a pen, you need to circle that, those words right there, those four words, led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become carbs, to become loaves of bread. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, uh, people do not live by bread alone, but for every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point in the temple. He said, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, isn't it interesting, even the devil can quote scripture. He says, he will order his angels to protect you. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot with a stone. Oh, it's not just about reading a verse, understanding the character of God. And Jesus said, no, no, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him up to the very peak of the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give it all to you if you kneel down and worship me. He says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil went away and the angels took care of him. I love this in verse 17. Verse 17. Then Jesus began to preach. You've got a Bible you can underline. Underline that word, began. Jesus began to preach. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk on this topic before we pray. Have a chance to seek God and believe for an introduction or a reintroduction to his spirit. On this topic, the Holy Spirit is wanting us to yield. Wanting us to yield. Let's pray. God, thank you for your help. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1, we just read it. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. See, that, that, that'll mess with your theology right there if you don't understand who God is. Sometimes we skip over that and we go right to the wilderness, and I've preached on it, I've talked about it, that Jesus did battle with the enemy, did battle with Satan. We talk about the wilderness, we talk about the fasting of 40 days, but we skip over the part at the very beginning. It said the Spirit of God who came down, they can only describe it as like a dove resting on him, led him into the wilderness. Here's what I've realized inside. Sometimes God will lead you, his spirit will lead you to a wilderness season. Sometimes God will lead you to a challenging spot. Now you need to know this. Some of you are like, yeah, I'm in a tough spot and it's got to be God leading me through this. No, sometimes we're in a challenging spot because we make stupid choices. Can someone say amen? Yeah, just sometimes. 
Sometimes we are in a spot, a challenging spot, because of choices we made. Listen, I believe in sowing and reaping, that what you plant will grow in your life. I am praying for a crop failure in my life from some of the choices I've made in my lifetime. Anybody else with me? Thank God we don't always reap, and God cancels some harvest in our life. But sometimes we're in a challenging spot because of choices we made. Sometimes. Sometimes your marriage is a mess is because you talk rude to your spouse. Sometimes we're in financial hardships because we have caviar taste with craft dinner budget. Come on, somebody. So, oh, I'm just in a tough spot. The devil's coming against me. No, you just need to put your credit card away. Come on, somebody. Oh, this, the devil's coming against my marriage. No, you treat your wife rude and you speak to her nasty and you wonder why that there's no love in the house. Come on. But you need to know this, that in Scripture it says the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Sometimes God will lead you into tough seasons. Success, you have to redefine success. See, if your definition of success is comfort, then you'll see this as a failure. But if you understand that success is following the will of God, it'll change your theology on this. Parents, you need to know our goal is not to make our kids comfortable. That is not how you know if you're successful as a parent. You're successful as a parent if you lean your kids towards the will of God. And sometimes we treat our kids like they're the center of the universe, and then we wonder why they act that way. And in our lives, sometimes I equate the, 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 the presence of God in my life by the amount of happiness and comfort I have, and Scripture does not teach that. It says that the Spirit led Jesus, oh, this is good, by the way. He led him into the wilderness to be tempted. See, when I used to read this, I would read this and see the desert and fasting as God weakening Jesus, like this ultimate test. I don't know if anybody else read it this way. Like, I picture, like, okay, Jesus, we got to prove how strong you are. So we're going to deny you of food. We're going to deny you of water. We're going to deny you of all comfort. We're going to send you isolated with no help to the middle of nowhere. And then you're going to face the devil because he is so strong. We want to prove that you're strong enough. So we're going to break you down to your lowest form, make you so weak that then you'll, I don't know if you read it like that. I read it like that. If you read it that way, if you read it, that it was a punishment to see how Jesus could pass this ultimate, ultimate, ultimate test. If you read that text that way, like I have many times, then that leads to a theology that God is cruel. And God is not cruel. This was not that. Jesus going, being led by the Spirit to the desert, fasting, then to fight the devil, was not God punishing him or testing him. That's not what it was. That's not what this was. This is what it was. Jesus knew he couldn't fight spiritual battles with physical strength. The desert and fasting, Jesus, it was preparing Jesus. Jesus knew that he had to empty himself and make room so his spirit could lead his body. I have learned the enemy of the Holy Spirit moving in my life most often is comfort. The will of God many times is supposed to be uncomfortable. I don't think he's a prosperity preacher. Listen to me. The reason why I know this is because the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Why is he called the comforter? Because the will of God often is very uncomfortable. What Jesus knew was this. I have to empty myself and make as much room as possible so my spirit is as strong as it needs to be. You can't fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. 
Listen, sometimes a nap and a snack will fix things. Honestly. But sometimes Jesus knew a nice view and a nice sandwich wasn't going to prepare him for the call on his life and the assignment he had. He said, I have to empty myself and make room in myself. i got to push aside comfort and community. i got to get rid of anything I'm leaning on. I have to make as much room so my spirit leads my body. The battle he was in for, if he was relying on his personality, his enneagram, his physical strength, his, his, his followers or his influence, he never would have made it to the cross. He said, my spirit has to leave my body. My body cannot leave my spirit. That's why God led him to the desert. Jesus wasn't fighting Rome. Jesus wasn't fighting culture. He wasn't fighting his neighbors. He was fighting hell. If you're going to fight a spiritual battle, you need to do it with spiritual weapons. And so many times in this culture, I see it from Facebook posts to conversations. We all think we're fighting culture or our neighbors or issues. We are not fighting physical battles. The Bible tells us we fight not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. My question is, how strong is our spirit? Jesus was making room in his emotions and his body so his spirit could be the strongest part of his life. He was emptying himself to make room for the Holy Spirit. I have these two friends in Vancouver uh, named Jason and Lou. Uh, Lou ha- is known for cooking his own homemade pizzas. Uh, Lou has this, this brick oven that makes his own pizzas, and he's known for it. It's, he has a legend around his name, his pizza-making skills. When you go to Lou's house, he has this oven. He makes his own dough, and he has all the toppings. And if you want uh, the margarita pizza, he can make it. If you want a special type of pizza, he's not making a delicio. Come on, somebody. He's not making McCain's. He's making gourmet pizza. Truth be told, I've never had pizza as good as Lou's. And everybody that's had it says the exact same thing. Lou is known for hosting and making his homemade pizzas. Outside, sitting at his beautiful home with his outside stone oven, he's making pizzas. He's rolling. He's talking with the accent. He's putting in the oven. He's bringing out dozens and dozens of people are being fed at Lou at any time. My other friend named Jason doesn't get to lose that much once or twice a year. And last time I was there, I said, hey, let's, we're going to lose for pizza. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm like, how excited are you? He said, I haven't eaten for three days. He said, you don't understand. Like, It's so good, I have to starve myself for three days so I have as much room as possible when I go to lose. There's nothing worse than going to lose with a full stomach. He's like, man, because you got to try that pizza and that pizza and that pizza. He'll make pizzas that don't even exist. You just tell him I like that topic and that topic. He said, they have to roll me out of lose. I'm so full. He said, true story, I start fasting for three days so I have as much room as possible before I go to lose. I was like, all right, I'm down with that. So I spent the whole day. I didn't eat. I got to lose. I enjoyed lose. Listen, fasting and discomfort isn't suffering. It's preparing. Mark Batterson says it this way. Sometimes I'm not hungry for more of God because I'm so full of myself. Jesus was emptying himself. He was led by the Spirit, not as a punishment, but to make room so his spirit would be stronger for the assignment that was on him. The Spirit led him. Jesus chose to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. It's real simple truth. This is really the the focus of these next few minutes. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to yield. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to yield. Now that word yield, I looked it up, and you would know, you'd you'd have thoughts about that word yield. It means to surrender or submit oneself to another. 
I always think of traffic. I think of, of driving when I think of yield. And it means to give right of way to other traffic or to merge. I was in, we were in New York this week, our flight home from Florida. We were on vacation. We had a great time away as a family. Our son Josh flew home from Vancouver and joined us. We, we, went to, we drove and, um, to Maine and then flew to Orlando, and we had a great time away. On the way home, our flight from New York to Maine got canceled. And we said, we have to get home. Josh has to fly to the West Coast. We got to get home. So we said, let's rent a car. Downtown Manhattan, a dream come true. I got to drive in New York City. How many would find that a nightmare? Anybody else find a nightmare? I was like, this is a dream come true. And I know this about New York. Two things when driving in New York. Number one, don't stop for nothing. Like Journey has a song about it. Don't stop. Don't stop believing. Don't stop driving. I said to Nancy, she won't let me beat my horn in Halifax. She calls it rude. I was like, babe. I just need you to know I'm beeping my horn a lot, and I'm going to be drinking Red Bull for these next 15 hours. She said, baby, you got a free pass today. I, I'm telling you, I'm driving down the road, no one around, beeping the horn. I'm, I'm in Bedford today, beeping the horn. I know this about no one driving in New York. Number one, don't stop. And secondly, secondly, just follow the flow. So many people in New York, you, get, you want to hear the horns? If someone stops, then they shouldn't stop. Everybody's going down, they're going down 3rd Avenue. 3rd Avenue um, goes from... from from downtown to uptown. If you stop for any reason, you're going to hear a plethora of horns. You're going to have every car in the world. You're going to feel like you are attacked by horns. Don't stop. Whatever you do in New York, do not stop. And secondly, just go with the flow. Don't try to get ahead of the flow. Don't try to beat the lights. The lights are on a grid. They go in a pattern. It's like, a, it's like a, an ocean's wave. They go green, 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 green. You just got to go with the flow. If you try to get ahead of it, you're going to get yourself in trouble. If you try to stop, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Do not stop and go with the flow. Yielding, you need to know this, the Holy Spirit wants us to yield. Yielding is not stopping. Yielding also isn't rushing ahead. Yielding is allowing someone else to go first and you merge in with their speed. That's what yielding is. Our daughter's learning to drive and I'm teaching her how to yield. When you get to on-ramps onto highways, you do not stop at a yield. People will hit you from behind and you'll get in trouble. You also do not speed ahead and try to get ahead. You need to merge in with the speed you need to follow. The Holy Spirit was saying to Jesus, I need you to yield your spirit, your personality, your giftings, your strength to follow me. Don't stop and don't rush ahead. Yield to me, the spirit. I'm thinking about Jesus. He definitely could have rushed ahead to start his ministry. If you read this verse, he had just come out of this moment where he heard the voice of God the Father. That is a moment. This is my son who I'm well pleased. He comes out of this moment, and he could have rushed on and said, we got time. Jesus had deadlines, and he had tasks. There was a reason for his life. His, his time was short, and his mission was important. The cross was his goal. Jesus, I don't have time for a 40-day hiking trip in the desert. I don't get time for this little, little escapade of just starving myself, I got stuff to do. 40 days. I could probably get three more disciples on board. I could probably get one or two more lessons there. I could probably teach a few more Beatitudes. I got stuff to do. Let's go. Interesting, Jesus didn't stop there and go, you know what? I'm done. You know, I, I, I had this moment. I'm good. I could retire here. I could probably do a speaking tour, write a few books. People saw heaven open up. They heard the voice of God. I'm good. I can stop here. He also didn't rush ahead. It's interesting, at the very end of this desert time, it says Jesus then began to preach. So many times in our lives, we want to stop after experiencing a moment with God. I'm good. 
You talk to people, yeah, 1975, God touched my life. Had this moment in a, in a home group. Man, I just felt God's presence in my life. It was a real moment. I don't know if you know Betty, but Betty got healed and so-and-so got saved. I mean, they had a life out of drugs and look what God did. And then we stop in that moment and go, oh, look what God did. What a moment. Others of us, we rush ahead. We just go, man, we got, we got pipe and drape to set up. We got ministries to build. We got stuff to do. We got websites to build. We got Instagram posts to make. We got stuff. There are people lost. We got to go do something. And God's going, listen, you have an assignment on your life, Jesus, but you need to yield your spirit. You need to submit. You need to follow. You need to merge in with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, his power was in his yielding to the spirit. Galatians 5 16 says it this way, let me emphasize this, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Conversations I'm having, people we're counseling, talking to, so many people are wrapped up in their cravings and, and, and their issues and their pain and their bondages, and the Bible says if we would just yield to the Spirit, we'll abandon our cravings. A spirit-led life is a submitted life, and a submitted life is a yielded life. Jesus needed a level of yielding that matched his level of calling. Church, in this room, from the back to the front, you need to know this or be reminded of this. You are called by God. There's an assignment on your life. Not just to get relationships and get paychecks and go on vacations. There's an assignment on your life, and you know there is because you're frustrated. You lie in bed at night, you drive in your car, and you feel, is there more? Is there more than just going through the motions? Is there more? There is. There's a call on your life. There's a call to provide for your family. There's a call to be a good neighbor. There's a call to rescue people from darkness, to kick at the darkness until it bleeds light. And drag people from the grasp of lostness into heaven's light. And we can only do it when we yield to the Spirit. And Jesus knew that his level of yielding needed to match his level of calling. You need to know this, that your calling is brilliant. But you're never going to make it unless you match it with your level of yielding. There's an assignment on this church. There's an assignment on Nova to, to reach our city with many other churches. But I'm talking to Nova. There's an assignment for those watching online. And we're not going to get there by rushing ahead and trying to do our own thing. We're not going to get it by stopping going, well, we had a really great 2022. That was a great year. We managed the pandemic pretty well. We're making budget. Let's just stop there. No, no. Our calling is so valuable, our yielding must match it. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He wants to lead you, sir. He wants to lead you as a parent. Lead you as a business owner. Lead you as a son. Lead you as a spouse. Lead you as a pastor. Lead you as a part of this church. What does the Holy Spirit do? I'm so glad you asked. We're going to go through these really quick. Some of you maybe want to take a picture of these or maybe go back and watch it online later on. Things the Holy Spirit does when I read the New Testament. Ready for this? This is why we need to yield to the Holy Spirit. This is what he's offering. When he leads us, when we submit to him, when we yield to him, this is what he promises. These are just a few. Over 50 in the New Testament alone, just a few. He leads us. He empowers us. He teaches us to pray. He sets us free. Oh, come on, we need that. He energizes our bodies. Oh, he'll do more than Red Bull ever will. Come on, somebody. I'm turning 48 this week. I realize I need this body energized more than ever before. He will energize our bodies. He teaches us. He helps us obey truth. He gives us comfort. 
for this uncomfortable walk that we're in. He helps us. The Holy Spirit transforms us. He convicts us. He unites us. He enables us to wait. Oh, there is power in the Holy Spirit if we would just yield to him. And we start by yielding. It's interesting, Jesus yielded, he submitted, he followed the Holy Spirit. He started his ministry being led into a wilderness, not as punishment, but to make room so his spirit would grow. What does Jesus do to start the church and start our ministry? Well, he was trying to get us to do the same thing. We see it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It says that Jesus was seen by over 500 disciples in his risen state. He died on the cross, he rose from the grave, and he spent the next weeks walking around, meeting with his disciples, teaching and, and eating and talking. Over 500 documented cases of his followers seeing him, hearing from him, watching him, being with him. He was trying to get his disciples to know what he knew, and what we're trying to know today is that you have to start with yielding. Speaking to those 500 in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus talking to these 500 as he's getting ready to ascend to heaven and finish his assignment here. He says in Luke 24, 49 to these same disciples, believers, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then we fast forward to Acts, and we see that those people went to a house in one accord, and how many, anybody know, this is Bible quiz right now, how many were in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Come on, you know this answer, how many? Nope. 120. 120. Listen, please don't miss this. 76% missed what Jesus was saying. They thought they had enough to make it okay. He spoke to 500 at least and said, go and wait. Don't rush ahead. Don't stop here. Don't rush ahead. You have to wait for the Holy Spirit to yield, to follow, to merge. Just wait. Would you just wait? Just wait for the Holy Spirit to lead you. 500 heard it. And 120 obeyed. 76% either stopped or tried to rush ahead. And there's reasons to stop. Maybe disappointment set in. This isn't how we thought it was going to go. We thought we'd have a new kingdom. We thought there'd be a new governor, a new Caesar. There'd be a new someone in charge. This, I'm disappointed. Maybe some were offended going, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to wait. I, I, I don't want to be like this. Maybe they rushed ahead going, no, you don't understand. We just saw you raised from the dead. We saw you ascend to heaven. We know enough. We've got enough teaching. We've been a part of this for a while. We can do our own thing. Come on, boys. Let's go build something. Let's go do something. And maybe they rushed ahead. But 76% missed the yielding that Jesus was offering. The disciples had three options at that moment. To rush ahead to start the mission to stop and abandon the mission, or thirdly, to yield to the Holy Spirit. I think so many times as a church, even in my life, is I either stop after achieving something, whether it be disappointment, or I think we've done something good, and go, I'm good. I'm just gonna stop here for a bit, I'm gonna rest. Or maybe disappointment comes in going, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. I thought my kids would be in church. I thought that person would be faithful and wouldn't walk away. I thought maybe that marriage would make it. I thought maybe. It's so easy to get disappointed. We see this in scripture on the road to Emmaus where two of them 
didn't bother waiting for the Holy Spirit. They said, we're just disappointed. We're going to go back to our old life. And North American church is full of people going, this isn't the way I thought it was going to go. When I got my guest bag, I, was, I thought I was promised comfort. And this is not comfortable. I don't have the answers for my teams. I don't have the answers for my culture. I don't know what to do when people come to me. I'm out. I'm just, I'm done. It was a good run. Man, the 2000s were great. We'll call it the church decade. But I got other stuff to do now. Other people rush ahead. And we just get more Instagram posts and more social media and we get, we get a better band and we maybe get better preaching and we get a better venue. Then maybe we can do something. And God goes, listen, I'm not against any of that. But you just don't stop. But don't rush ahead. Just merge. Just merge. And in my life, I feel this craving for emerging with the Holy Spirit. I need to be reintroduced to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Duncan Campbell, the great Scottish revivalist, said it this way, the kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches becoming filled with people, but by people in our churches becoming filled with God. Let me ask a church on a Sunday afternoon, online and in person, are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? can't fight spiritual battles with physical tools. Listen, your team's not doing well. You can't fight that with another vacation and a shopping spree. Your marriage not doing well. You can't fight that with an Amazon gift card. Though there's nothing wrong with giving your spouse an Amazon gift card. Are you yielded to the Holy Spirit? Because my Bible tells me that he wants to lead us, empower us, set us free, energize our bodies, help us obey the truth, give us joy, comfort us, help us, transform us, convict us, unite us, enable us to wait when it's not easy. The fight for your sobriety, your marriage, your purity, your future, your faith is found in yielding to the Holy Spirit. After you, after you, after you, Holy Spirit, after you. All right, where are we going? Okay, I'm going to follow you. How yielded are you to the Holy Spirit? That is the battle. That is the question. Jesus knew it, and he taught us to know it. The Holy Spirit is wanting us to yield. I want to remind you today for an introduction to the Holy Spirit or a reintroduction of the Holy Spirit. We've made time this afternoon. We want to make space and room all over this place. Can we stand to our feet? We're going to spend the next 15 minutes or so. And you have a chance right now. You can stop and go, great service, Pastor Mike. Really enjoyed the coffee. Worship was good. Preaching was all right. I'm good. Or you can jump fast forward and go, I got... I got pipe and drape to tear down. I got kids to pick up. I got, I got, I got, to, this is a busy week. It's a full week. I got to-do lists to start. I got laundry to be done. Or we can take a few moments and say, after you. We're not going to change this city through billboards. Make no mistake, the goal is to change the city. That's the goal. That's the goal. 
But I don't need to change the city if I can't change my life. And I struggle with choices and thoughts and actions. I, I need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're honest, so do you. Your marriage needs more Holy Spirit. Your parenting needs more Holy Spirit. Your faith needs more Holy Spirit. And he says he's available. Just wait and make room. That's what we want to do for a few minutes. We'll dismiss in a moment. But can I encourage you, as the band leads us in a moment, would you take a moment? The altars are open. We've made space here. There's something about physically moving to a front. There's something about moving, going, I'm in. I am in. When I committed to my wife, it wasn't just, hey, you want to do this marriage thing? There was an action of, I need you to know physically what I'm saying verbally and what I mean emotionally is I'm in. There's something about it. I want to turn this whole space to an altar for a moment. Not to be weird, but to say I want to yield. I don't want to stop. I don't want to rush ahead. I want to follow and make room. Can we take 10 minutes and make room around this altar, in these aisles. Push past comfort, push past thoughts, push past experience, and know this, the Holy Spirit wants us to yield. And that's what we aim to do. We're gonna be doing this the next month. But I honestly believe there's a level of power available and help available, amen? Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, as we open these altars for prayer, as we seek your face, Come, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? In Jesus' name, amen. And I will make room for you to do whatever you want to, whatever you want to. Yeah. I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to, whatever you want to, and I will, I will make room for you, yeah. To do whatever you want to, whatever you want to, I will make room for you. Yeah.
Touch of your presence, a touch of heaven in order. Father of send your revival with your spirit's arrival here in me. Oh, how I Touch of your presence, a touch of heaven in on earth. Father, pour out, send your revival, spirits arrival. Oh, how I Jump Yeah. 
Tasted and seen of the sweetest. 
says that they were filled with power. You can live pure. You can overcome alcoholism. 